0: 911. what's your emergency?
1: Uh, um, this, this car, an SUV, it, 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 it was, it was going across, it went around, it went around the barrier,
2: and, and the train, oh God. Ma'am,
0: did a train hit an SUV? Is that what happened? Yes, it's, the train is still going. The train is going, and the car, I can't believe it. You can't judge the speed of an approaching train. That's why the signals are there. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA.
1: Damon Lindelof tells Variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm about to say something very ridiculous, but in all sincerity, I was absolutely convinced that there was a magical curse placed upon me by Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> the batman is ramping up with new castings for major villains aquaman 2 is mapped out black adam has a production start date and the light of crisis on infinite earths continues to dissolve the bitter taste of unresolved DC TV series we have all that and a whole lot more coming right up i'm david c robertson this is my co-host jason goss hello and you are listening to dc on screen the podcast that covers the dc comics multiverse on film and television Gives honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believes that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. Well, alright, we're doing a news episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of news has happened.
2: Yeah, it sounded like it.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually pretty excited.
2: I haven't looked at the first dime, this is all <laughs> be new to me. Let's do it.
1: Ooh. All right, well, before we jump in, thank you to the patrons, uh, patreon.com slash screen. We have two tiers. We have $1 tier, and that will get you a personal thank you on the show, and it'll also get you the ad-free version of the show um, that we're doing right now.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The third and fourth tier are the ones that leave our eyes if no one comes. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but the, the second tier, the $5 tier, you get this. Uh, the, I mean, the ad free this and you also get uh, extra content like Jason's pull list. You just put up a new one for the new black label, Harleen.
2: Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Good start.
1: Yeah, it looked uh, it looked interesting. And um, I'm I'm, I'm going to try to go back and listen to that Action Comics number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the only thing that you've done that I don't want spoilers on at this point. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and I, I've got a couple of things that I'm uh, I'm going to try to edit here in the next couple of days. And get up. Yeah. Um, got a Chasing Squirrels and uh, a conversation with our buddy Scott Madison. And we're already talking about doing a separate or a second uh, conversation about the crisis on Infinite Earths. So uh, lead up. So and well, ma- mainly predictions, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. Nice. Um, <laughs> and this might be video. I'm not sure about that yet. Hmm. All right. All right. Uh. I've I've been kind of pushing for you guys. Uh, you guys have a new podcast. You and Matt of the MCU yeah. Cast have mm-hmm. a new podcast. Who watched The Watchmen? And um, I've you have been, to be
2: specific about that because there are a lot of similar titles. Yeah, we are the Who watched The Watchmen.
1: Right, and uh, we'll put up a link and uh, in the show notes, I, I reckon, and, and on our website, DCOnScreen.com. I've been pushing though for people to go give you guys, you know, good reviews. Yeah, please, and, please um, do
2: that if you have a second. Uh, it would be great if you actually listened to it and enjoyed it and wanted to review it, but I'll I'll take it if it's just a show of affection. Um, absolutely. I mean, if, if you want to listen, the first episode that's up right now is about the actual graphic novel, which is what the series is going to be derivative of, and then um, mm-hmm. we're going to do another one this weekend that's going to be just the movie. Um, and he's watching the theatrical cut, and I'm watching the three-and-a-half-hour ultimate cut, so we're going to see probably what the differences are a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna love a couple yeah. times. Away. Did you see the scene? No, I did not. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. It's been 12 years since I saw that. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah, I. Uh, It'll be fun. I, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to listening. I, I haven't gotten a chance yeah. to yet, but I, I love both of you guys. So I'm gonna Thank enjoy.
2: You. it And time flies. That series premieres tomorrow. Oh, good lord! There's mm-hmm. just no way I
1: could do every episode.
2: Just no way. I'm so I'm so
1: glad you guys found each other. <laughs> we're we're gonna go for it. <laughs>
2: And then, because it is a DC property, you know, it's it'll still be um, you and me doing a review at the end.
1: Yeah, we'll still do a review at the end. It might be, a, a, you know, a little while later, like Pennyworth. Right. We still, we still haven't gotten to Pennyworth.
2: We have not. We have not. <laughs> I feel, and I was I feel really trying that. to before everything got started up again, but it has. And I'm, I'm, I'm in it now.
1: Yeah. that uh, the, the way I'm feeling, Pennyworth might wind up being like, Hey, we need to do something in between the crisis cliffhangers. It's possible. It's it's
2: really um, possible. Nothing against the show. I've I've watched five minutes of it and enjoyed the five minutes. Uh, just mm-hmm. time is scarce.
1: Yep. But uh, in in that push to get some uh, to get people to to rate and review your show, I think maybe we helped our own show out a little bit because we got a couple of reviews on iTunes. Nice. Uh, Forever cynical uh, says this show is always a fun listen. David and Jason know their comics and movies. I always look forward to their insights on the world of DC films and television. Five stars. And uh, sweet, uh, thank you. Batney uh, uh, says great show, gives five stars. I listen every week. Dave and Jason are funny and ridiculous. That's who you want your news and reviews from, right? They also know what they're talking about, except when they don't. But they're upfront about it when that happens. Listen. I'll take that. That's
2: that's <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Except yeah. when they don't, and that shit happens. But we're upfront about it. So, but yeah, it, really, it I, I I don't I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, appreciate that. I'll take that any day. Feels very in the spirit of the show. An honest take on our fucking show. An honest take.
1: All right, so uh, let's jump into some news here. Joker man. Who the hell knew this thing would be so big? 619 million worldwide. 619.5 oh, million worldwide, by the way. Um, those are big boy numbers. Those are big boy numbers, man. And this that is 15 you know,
2: times their budget. More than. We're recording this on the weekends. So they haven't even updated the weekend. Oh, God. You're right. They haven't. I mean, we're post Friday night. That's several more million dollars, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would Joker, go see it again if I had time. I really would.
1: Yeah. I was actually going to try to go see it uh, tonight. Uh, Chris White was going to be one of our uh, friends and listeners Mm -hmm. was going to be in town and he really wanted to go see Joker. He hasn't seen it yet. I don't know why he listened to our review. He listened to both of our reviews, both of our
2: (laughs) and and, not how I would have done it, but yeah, their own. I mean, thanks, man. But shit, (laughs) that would have driven me insane. But yeah, I mean, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, but he didn't come
1: down after all. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope that
2: works out. I would like Tyrrell's take on it later.
1: Yeah, yeah. He didn't get to come down, so we're not doing it tonight. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, I don't think this. guy, I don't know. I don't know if I'll get around to watching it again before. I'm just so busy.
2: Yeah, but his, um, his schedule is very much like I'm going to be in Birmingham tomorrow night. I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. I'm at Toronto.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's a bit wild. Yeah, it's a bit wild. Okay. So uh, <laughs> never again, r- What?
2: What? Nah, I'm kidding. Do it all the time. <laughs> I don't. I don't. uh,
1: What what have I done wrong?
2: I actually don't know what that voice was. I was just kind of curious. I don't know what it was either. All right, perfect.
1: Um, (laughs) I don't think it was intentional. It's just
2: (laughs) something in your soul that had to come out. I love it. Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, So Joker is ranked number ten for the year on uh, the Box Office Mojo's worldwide list. Number seven on the domestic list. it is only topped by Aladdin, Spider-Man Far From Home, Captain Marvel, Toy Story Four, The Lion King, and Avengers Endgame. And all
2: of those movies earned over one billion. That's um really impressive company. So it, it and truthfully that means of of the ones you just listed, it is the only art mm-hmm. house film that got in that level of the stratosphere in any capacity.
1: Yeah, and it's weird because I don't want to call it an art house film but it and is. I'm I'm happy and, with it. And, you know, a lot I see a lot of people throwing hate towards Joker for this. They're like this isn't even the Joker, it's just, you know, they they took a Story that Todd Phillips wanted to tell and, and slapped an IP on top of it, and uh, you know honestly, I think that's kind of
2: brilliant. If if that is what it's, they did, it's not a bad description. I just would take the scorn out of my voice when describing it that way.
1: Right, like, you know, it,
2: I, that's actually ba- it's pretty apt.
1: Based on what Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix have said, it sounds like they. They didn't go about it that way. They like Todd Phillips talks about it like he like looked at a lot of different things in the eighty-year history and went, I like this, 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 and like crafted it from that. So that would seem to Im- imply uh, or indicate to me that he didn't do that. But if he did do that, we shouldn't be angry about that because you know what happens to to independent films uh, that aren't attached to giant IPs. No one sees them. <laughs> no one cares. They might win an award. Yeah, but no one gives a shit. Yeah. So, and this is on you, audience. You don't go see these things because you can't be bothered to see a thing you don't know.
2: I am guilty of it all the time. I am I mean, too. I, I and I still claim that my time is scarce, and I, I I really try to get around it as much as I can. But I mean, just keeping up with the stuff that we do is is uh, that's an entire schedule. Much less the Marvel stuff, which I also keep up with down to the last damn show. So I, yeah, it's hard. But putting, Uh like if Todd Phillips has put out this movie, I mean, he's right. I may not have seen it except he threw Joker on top of it. So it became a priority for me. And now I've really fucking enjoyed it
1: hmm And what we got was a pretty interesting take on a classic iconic character. So I'm not complaining and uh, no, they, can, w- they can do this kind of shit all the time if they want to. That's
2: it, fine. Like if that's the complaint um, I go back to the Futurama writer room writer's room uh, sometimes. It was Ken Keeler used to uh, <laughs> he used to say during the, the commentary episodes for that which I at some point had memorized as well as I'd memorized the show still smart. Mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's basic though. Like in, in writing there's nothing that hasn't been done. You're not going to Blow anyone's mind with some new idea. It's all it's all there, but we're way beyond that.
1: So I mean, look, man, we we celebrate fistful of dollars, but I mean. What was that? That was just a freaking Yojimbo ripoff. He even got sued for that shit. But you know what? He took a classic tale that wouldn't have played over here in uh, in this country, and he stuck a western on top
2: of it. <laughs> I just see it as a great premise for later, the episode, A Fish Full of Dollars, that Futurama, I think it was one of the seven or something. <laughs> one of the six. It was early. It was like in the first 20 episodes. Um, you understand my point. Yeah, comic book movies point. are the Western movies of today. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. um, I, it's it's a it's a really cool idea. If, if it does, it, to me, it doesn't matter how it occurred to him. Yeah, like if it was organic and he wanted to tell the Joker's story and it turned into something that uh, seemed like really humanized because it, that's how he reflected. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in, like, a Watchmen mode. So, like, if I if, if this was, like, his version of a Rorschach test where he looked at a bunch of pictures of the Joker and this is what came out of him, or them, I should say, um, out of that production team, then, you know, fine. Great. I mean, you started with the Joker stories, and this is where he ended up, and it was a fun take. Or you had a story you wanted to tell. You threw that on top. That's kind of brilliant. Still smart. Good job. Go mm-hmm. team. Yep. I'm digging it. Either way. Clever. And the, the numbers are showing that people generally are not... <laughs> feeling Betrayed by this, they're going back and seeing it again.
1: Yep, that is what's happening. Uh, Joker is Warner Brothers' highest grossing movie of the year worldwide. It is, uh, it beat the uh, biggest second weekend in October, uh, record as well. So, yeah, yeah it is, it's, it's impressive, going, it's going nuts.
2: It's a juggernaut, and all of a sudden.
1: So, um, Todd Phillips is is kind of sticking to not actually explaining the movie, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but he did say that laugh in that scene. The very end is the only time he genuinely laughs in the movie. Which laugh? He says there are different laughs in the movie. Yeah. There is a there is the laugh from Arthur's affliction. There's uh-huh. the fake laugh when he's trying to be one of the people. Uh huh. He says, but at the end, when he's in the room at Arkham State Hospital, that's his only genuine laugh in the movie.
2: That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I I do love that, like when he's trying to laugh with people, the, and and. Tell me if I'm remembering this wrong, but he did a thing where it's like he always laughs just a little bit later than he's supposed to, mm-hmm. a, which makes so much sense. Um, I, I, I've meant to mention this a couple times and I never have, but you know, the one moment I thought of the entire movie that Joker was like actually enjoying himself, that Arthur was actually, uh, it, it's almost an actual joke and he actually seems to enjoy doing it, you know, short of the homicide later, but that's a different thing. Like th- this was almost harmless compared to when he says, like, oh, I forgot to punch out and punches the shit out of that time clock, Mm -hmm. I actually laughed a little bit, like, okay, that's...
1: I've had that moment.
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That was part of it as I related to it.
1: (laughs) Yep. Now, what I was talking about earlier, uh, Uh he he told comicbook.com, when Scott Silver and I sat down to write it, we knew enough about the comics. I read comics when I was a kid. We knew he didn't have an origin story. We also, I don't want to say whether uh, we, I don't want to say whether it's real or not because I think part of the fun. I've shown it to many, many different people, and they all have a different reaction. Some of them say, "Oh, I get it." I mean, the last line in the movie, you wouldn't get it to a joke is uh, to a joke he was telling. Well, is the joke the movie? Is the joke the thing? Or is the thing about you know the idea is that you don't like to answer those questions because it's nice to see the different things people take away from it. So I get that I, I don't want that answered necessarily. And I feel like it would be answered if there was a sequel.
2: It possibly. I mean, I, I think if you were really clever about it and then and based on this, maybe they have that in them, you could do it. Mm-hmm. But they managed to get past like what is what is in my head, the inception test mm-hmm. where like they gave me a story and I I, I can see on screen that's a story. I don't and, uh, I, I can come up with an actual version of how that ended, but I can also come up with other versions of how it may have ended, and that's cool. Whereas with Inception, it's like, I don't know how I'm gonna end this. Yeah. And, and you no know one just I, walks off into the sunset, hopefully to be devoured by Cody's.
1: I think even worse than that was the birdman ending.
2: But Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Phillips even like talked about my little one of my little theories. Uh-huh. Um he he didn't know it was my theory, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> He said, maybe Joaquin's character inspired the Joker. You don't really know. His last line of the movie is, you wouldn't get it. There's a lot going on in there that's interesting.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, The Gotham format, we call it now.
1: They asked if uh, Joaquin would be returning to the role to take on Batman. And Todd said, we would never do that. No. No. We just want to see where he goes from there. So apparently there is an idea. There really is an idea in their heads about what they would do for a sequel. And I can't imagine they haven't already been approach oh, about it. Oh, for
2: sure. Yeah. Um. That much money, their phone's been ringing off the hook. They've had to think about it a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm I would bet they've talked. Um. But yeah, like I I could definitely see the there being like a Batman ban on the series if it became a series. Just mm-hmm. it's just literally going to be about this this crime lord or this uh, disaffected person in an insane asylum. Whatever it's going to end up being, that's the setting for the sequel. I, I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. genuinely would not have a like. I would have to close my eyes and throw a dart to to have a guess. But I I would bet money it does not involve Batman.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't bet money, but I I, I could see it. Like I don't, I don't think he would necessarily have them face off. I can see it, Todd Phillips like doing a hey look they're the same kind of thing.
2: The only way, yeah, if if it was that kind of angle, that's the only way I could see it. If it was mm-hmm. just him playing Batman in a manner where uh, like you know the Scott Snyder death uh, death of the family storyline. Mhm. Yeah. Um I started to say death in the family but that's very different. Um but yeah, the death of the family storyline where Joker kind of uh, the, the the big twist of the series is Joker saying, you know, I'm I'm the only family you really have. These people are are great, but I'm the one who keeps you sharp. I'm the one who keeps you uh you know, up to date. I, I'm I'm the per I'm the thing that drives you. I'm your catalyst. I, I like I'm part of. He almost says like I'm part of Batman. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about the only way I could see it going down personally.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, if you're looking to go ahead and pre-order Joker on uh, on Blu-ray or 4K, Best Buy has a really dope-looking still book. I'm nice. really tempted by that. You can pre-order. Amazon has their uh, you know their various formats that you can go ahead and pre-order. A release date has not been announced, but uh you can get in there. Um, I'm really excited because Matt Reeves, mm-hmm. uh during a Royal Albert Hall concert in London, Michael Giacchino welcomed Matt Reeves on stage, and Matt Reeves formally asked the musician to score uh, the Batman movie. So Michael Giacchino is the composer for this thing. I'm Who so excited. Who the
2: hell is Michael Giacchino? Are you serious? Yes, I don't know. I know you've said the term, and I don't remember.
1: Every time I bring him up, we have this conversation on the show.
2: I'm he aware. <laughs> I remember that part, but
1: just uh, trigger me. All right. Well, Michael Cicchino worked with Matt Reeves previously on Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I remember that part. Lord for Planet of the Apes, Cloverfield, uh-huh, sure. Let yeah. Me In. He also worked on Doctor Strange, Rogue One, Spider-Man Homecoming, That's Coco, where we got Incredibles 2, okay, yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home, well, Star, Trek? Like Star Trek, Star Trek Beyond.
2: concert. I mean that happens uh, for sure. I don't. I don't know. I wonder if I'm it was that it or the or like a private composer thing. Anyway, Roll Over, <laughs> It's Howard's solid setting though.
1: Yep, he's great. He did the soundtracks for Lost and and Fringe. Uh, he's he's just alias. He's 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 amazing. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and exci- excitingly, uh, Zoe Kravitz has been confirmed by Matt Reeves as Catwoman for the batman she's from big little lies uh mad max fury road uh she was angel in x-men first class uh, yeah there's um obviously the daughter of lisa bonet and, and lenny kravitz yeah there's
2: there's plenty plenty about this that might work out i'm i'm okay with it
1: very i'm very excited to see her as catwoman um we've got paul dano as the riddler i don't know paul dano uh I only really know him uh, from Little Miss Sunshine. He was fantastic in he that. Was he was great like a, in that. He was a teenager. Yeah. Um, mute. He yeah, he was mute until the point where he realized suddenly that he was uh, colorblind. And then it was just because he wanted to be a pilot. And,
2: yeah. I remember they're like idly oh talking about something and he can't see the color difference. And it, it's explained to him like, oh, you can't be a pilot then. And it destroys him
1: yeah oh it it is not explained he knows he knows as soon as he realizes he can't see that oh is that that how it went down yeah yeah. like he just starts like screaming obscenities and he hasn't spoken the whole movie and he did such a good job of of uh portraying emotions and stuff like without speaking in that movie i don't know i'm really excited to see him do the riddler now like i have for a few for a couple of days, I was like, "I don't know who this guy is," and then I like I finally looked him up and went, "Oh shit,
2: yeah, that guy." No, I remembered him immediately, but it was—I did remember his face from that, but it was younger, and it's God—it's been maybe fifteen mm-hmm. years since I've seen that. Um, I want to say I saw it the year after it came out, and then whatever amount of time has happened since. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that, and then I remember him from "There Will Be Blood," where oh, it yeah, was—it yeah. was just definitely the opposite of that character, mm-hmm. and uh, like I, I really didn't enjoy that movie. I, I, I mean, Borderline hated it, but...
1: I am going to have to actually sit down and watch it. I own
2: it, because Ugh. I like
1: Paul Thomas Anderson movies, but I still haven't gotten around to seeing it.
2: Just didn't like it. Didn't care for it. Okay. But he was one of the parts where uh, I was watching the movie uh, uh, pretty unengaged, and then he has one scene where he's preaching, mm-hmm. and I kind of lit up a little bit like, that's that's really good. <laughs> Um, he impressed me. It wasn't even the scene and where it fit in the story. He jumped out of the thing for me. And then later, there's uh, a, a scene where um, it's him and uh, what's his name, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. That uh, if you haven't seen it, I won't tell you. But yeah, don't. Yeah. Don't, it, don't there's a scene with those two later where I was like, "That's the most compelling thing I've seen in this entire movie." All right, great. All right, yeah.
1: But I, I you know, I like a slow burn. Stuff like that a lot of time a lot of times sometimes I don't
2: it may have just been lost on me I'm I'm yeah. it was a weird time it was the last bit of college I was in senior year writing five thousand pages of shit that like I still have on my computer and every now and then I look at the title and be like I don't even know what I was talking about but I wrote fi- not five thousand pages five thousand words <laughs> just heard mm-hmm. myself say that um, <laughs> but yeah like I would I would write ten twelve pages on stuff that I I don't even remember what I was doing it was just like you'd go in such a deep dive. That it the the senior year of college is in a lot of ways like scuba diving like you you just they give you a thing and you have to go real deep on it and then you come back up for air and you're like oh my god is the Sopranos ending wait let I me mean, look at that real quick and then you get mad if you're me but other than that um, the next day you turn around and they're like well I need uh, ten thousand words on this oh great okay
1: yeah um so yeah uh, Robert Pattinson says that uh, the Batman starts shooting quote in a few months I'll take it yeah. I, I don't is, know if that I just pushed. want a
2: start date, just so it's starting.
1: Yeah, I, I I
2: I want film to roll. That's all.
1: There there are reports that it got pushed back because uh, Jonah Hill left, but um, I'm pretty sure he was he was in talks for Riddler. Uh, the reports seem to indicate that he was like maybe WB was saying Riddler or Penguin, and he was like, I don't want to do Penguin, dude. Come on, I want to do Riddler.
0: And, <laughs> that wouldn't and,
2: surprise me. Like Jonah Hill has. A little bit earned his keep here. Like if yeah. he says, "Like no, I don't want to be cast as a, a little a fat, fat guy." guy. Yeah, yeah, I I don't want to be that guy. I want to be this other dude, and, and I can do an interesting take. I would for sure listen to him. Mm-hmm. But it also wouldn't surprise me if Paul Dano maybe beat him out because I have seen real depth out of that actor.
1: No, I've, as, uh, apparently, f- from all indicated reports, negotiations just. Damn broke down between Jonah Hill and Warner Brothers, mm. and they just had Paul Dano ready to go. No, like, oh, no, no, we we want that guy. Like, and I can see that Jonah Hill's a, a bigger name than Paul Dano.
2: He is, but you I know. mean, for sure he is. But I I don't think to me they're pretty comparable. I, like I've seen I've seen Jonah Hill exp- uh, like uh, I mean I met him in Superbad. I, super bad. I, I <laughs> to me it was just. He was just a, a bit of comedy, but mm-hmm. I've seen him in later years. He can he can really act. He he no, has he really learned his trade. So Absolutely. I didn't mind him being involved in this movie at all. That was fine. But uh, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. And Paul Dano was great too. So for us, it's fine.
1: <laughs> you know, Jason Alexander on, went on Twitter and was like, "Hey, so uh, if you, if you guys need a penguin, you might you, you know <laughs> probably a good call would be to have a marine biologist." Is he? I I, no. That <laughs> that would be awesome. That's a callback to a very, a really famous episode of Seinfeld. Okay, good. Where George always wanted to pretend that he was a marine biologist. Okay. So he's telling some girl from high school or college or something that he's a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> that Until makes way more sense,
2: but for a second yeah. I was like, that would be so cool if his actual job was marine biologist. And then he was like, Well, I'm gonna go to pretend New York and play Seinfeld yeah. or be on Seinfeld for a while.
1: Until you know he's they're on a beach and there's a beached whale and someone screams out, Is anyone here a marine biologist? <laughs> and he's got nothing. <laughs> oh, no, he, he goes and saves the whale, but then he's does on he? such a hot yeah, he does. Oh and of that's course rare. It, like normally that yeah. show would
2: just leave you hanging. Like you would just something would happen and the lie would be exposed and that would just be that's what it was now
1: they do a great thing and they and jason alexander was always great at this where like someone screams is anyone here a marine biologist and you see this like look of dread on his face and then the dread turns to determination well we're doing this now and he (laughs) rolls up his pants and marches out into the ocean (laughs) and yeah and, and of course like he 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 tells the story to everyone in the coffee shop later, how he he got up on the whale and he found what was obstructing the blowhole and saved the whale, but but it it was one of Kramer's golf balls that he'd been knocking into the ocean. I do
2: remember that part of it. Yeah. I don't remember this episode, but I do remember that part of it for some reason.
1: But he's on such a high after saving the whale, he tells the girl that he's not a marine biologist.
2: Uh, Of course. There's the rub. And she
1: tells him to go to hell.
2: Yeah. Well, you know. It was a good run.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's I, so I, I weird
2: to me that I don't enjoy Seinfeld, but I really love It's Always Sunny because they're very much the same show.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> every time
2: are. the characters do something, and it's always sunny. Like there is, they have no moral compass whatsoever, and it always bites them in the ass. It yep, they like they are their own devil on the, each shoulder. It's hilarious to watch, but. Mm-hmm. It Seinfeld has so many of the same markers, and I just don't care as much. It's weird to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, did they do that whole episode of Is Sunny in Philadelphia where they like, or they did a big chunk of one where they remembered an episode of Seinfeld instead of their one of their own misadventures? And then they were like, "Wait, that's not we didn't that didn't happen to us. We weren't in New York in the '80s. What are you talking about? That was Seinfeld. Oh yeah, oh,
2: it's, it. They did like a whole flashback. It's been a lot of episodes, but that inspires me a bit.
1: They did a whole flashback where they reenacted an entire thing from Seinfeld. Nice. They were even dressed like the characters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that doesn't surprise me a bit. Um, anyway. I mean, yeah, like the creator of that show was very open about how he was a big fan and very influenced by Seinfeld. And he wanted to, like the show about nothing. He wanted to take that concept and do it mm-hmm. for himself.
1: Yeah. All right. So uh, on to Birds of Prey. Uh, Gail Simone, if you don't follow her, she's a fantastic writer, comic book writer. Uh, she wrote Birds of Prey. She's written Batgirl. She's pretty great. Uh, over, she uh, has been doing apparently some consulting, though she can't say what for. We all kind of, we all kind of know. She says <laughs> some really nice things to say <laughs> about the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, and uh, someone was talking to her about how they're a little bummed that, uh, or they're pretty bummed that Barbara's not going to be in Birds of Prey, and she responded, "I am a little bummed about Barbara, but she is getting a lot of love coming soon in other DC movies." So dot dot dot. I love that. I love that. And by the way, you really need, you just need to go like look up Gail Simone on Twitter and follow her. Like I just read a fantastic thread a couple days ago uh, where she had this ridiculous theory, and it's fantastic. This theory that uh, Legolas from Lord of the Rings, uh, Orlando Bloom's character, and the all the other elves, by the way, don't uh, shave their pubes or trim their pubes <laughs> because she has all these like reasons. She has like actual stuff to back up her claims, including the fact that uh, Tolkien was so meticulous. He he wrote eight, eight uh, songs about beer. He, you know, he's so meticulous in languages and everything, but he never actually mentioned them trimming their pubes. So she believes that the elves, including Legolas has Rapunzel pubes. <laughs> And that's why they can ride horses without saddles because they're using <laughs> they're using oh their, Christ their three thousand years worth of pubes as a saddle. <laughs> oh my God!
2: <laughs> yeah, you need to go check that out. I mean, it's a fun theory, but also, it's really is that, funny. Is that even how pubes work? Like, will they will they literally just grow indefinitely?
1: She she has a thing about that. She gets into the science a little bit about how actual hair works, but because. They're three thousand years old. Legolas is three thousand years old, and he doesn't, you know, his hair is still, you know, long and flowing and beautiful. That it is, it obviously doesn't go through the same kind of cycle
2: as. Oh, they're different hair. kinds of hairs on a molecular level. I'll, I'll give her that. Yeah,
1: and she's just talking about how like the the, the elves aren't breaking down cell on a cellular level the same way we are. So one might suppose that the pubes would grow indefinitely. I don't see how that works.
2: I mean, I, it, in just, my own experience not, with body hair, it just kind of gets to a point and it just chills there.
1: Right, but you're not immortal.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. My, I, well, all right, so in the sense that my cells are made to be there for a while, kill themselves, and be replaced by a new form of that. Mm-hmm. And in the event that that doesn't work out uh, correctly, I will effectively have cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in her format, it's just... That's not how their their cells work. They just they just keep going. So all of the hair keeps going.
1: I'm probably not doing it justice, but at Gail Simone, just go go check her out. I'm curious now. Go yeah. find it. Yeah, yeah, go find it. It's funny. It's I mean, it's not meant to be very serious.
2: That's quite something. I
0: mean, I know our <laughs> hair
2: breaks down way later than anything else. So like if you if you unearth a body, it's just like hair mm-hmm. and fingernails and bone. Mm-hmm. But now that you mention it. And no one ever says it, but it's it's got to be like hair and fingernails and bone and pubes. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, uh,
2: <laughs> have you seen any of these Suicide it's Squad? It's October. We're allowed to say stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because that uh, that stops us <laughs> in other months. Hey, so uh, have you seen those Suicide Squad set photos that this has been popping, popping up and around no. and everyone's complaining about?
2: No, yeah. I've been entirely off the internet for like a week. Well, this is well, all going to be fresh. What you got?
1: I'm not getting into it. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say there are Suicide uh, suicide Squad set photos. We do see Nathan Fillion in costume. We see Pete Davidson in costume. Uh, Jai Courtney obviously playing Captain Boomerang. Sure. Um, The uh, a lot of the others are in question. It looks like Pete Davidson might be Savant, but everyone's reporting different characters for uh, for different for for like Fillion, you know, and Mm -hmm. for a couple of the others. Um, We do have, uh, dude. We're we're gonna get Mongol.
2: Mongol. Mon- mongal mongal
1: yeah well, like I believe she's the daughter of mongol oh which Lord I'm wondering if the big bad isn't Mongol himself
2: that would be interesting
1: I mean yeah but uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because I'm not really sure like they didn't release these things and uh I'm not sure who philian's supposed to be we've got a couple of different reports on that a lot of people are saying they look like shit
2: uh, I'm saying they're set photos. They're set photos, stolen set photos. I I would say. Yep. These are not put out by Warner Brothers. Like, so give them uh, a minute applies thoroughly here.
1: Right, and I I would like to give them a minute. I'd like to uh, you know, just see what happens with those guys. We don't have official confirmations on any of any of these characters. I mean, a couple of them are pretty obvious, but well, then a couple of them aren't.
2: So, but now that the set photos are out, if if it has been leaked. Traditionally, if we do give them a minute, uh, they'll probably get back to us on some official word, one way or the other, mm-hmm. just to get that out of the way.
1: Eventually, usually pretty soon.
2: I mean, I don't know. It's been a couple weeks now. Yeah. Yeah, I would normally put it at a couple weeks, so maybe not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was a fan Q and A on Sunday afternoon uh, mm-hmm. last Sunday. James Gunn was on Instagram. He revealed uh, the Suicide Squad is the most fun he's had on a movie. Nice. And his most challenging was to make uh, Guardians Volume Two. He says, huh. they're all challenging. Super was physically brutal. So much moving and so little time to shoot it. Volume one was scary because I didn't know if people would get the vibe. Volume two was the hardest because of my mental state. And squad is the most complex and biggest, but also the most fun so far.
2: Dude, he's got a lot of fun people on set. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 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 deck is stacked.
1: And uh,
2: he was asked... Uh, Honestly, if it was me, I would feel the most pressured by that movie because my... my my cast is amazing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can't fuck this up.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, he was uh, he was asked about any character limitations. He says, well, we," he said, nope. Well, I mean, we can't do Marvel characters. It's short of that. He says, but there was no one I was told I couldn't include. Nice. They had free reign. He also uh, explained why Joker doesn't need to be in the, in the Suicide Squad. He says, no one but me and a few others know all the characters in the movie. But if the Joker is not in the film... I don't think it would be strange as he isn't a part of the Suicide Squad in the comics.
2: Generally, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And based on that, the way he said that, I think Joker's in the movie.
2: Maybe. But he is right. Joker's an unredeemable character. And the one thing the Suicide Squad has is it's supposed to be redeemable people. Maybe. I mean, I've seen versions of the story where Joker has some, <laughs> some redeemability, but generally.
1: Yeah. All right, we don't have time for me to jump into that, into that pool today. All right, fine. Um, <laughs> Jason Momoa was talking to Esquire. Said, uh, "Aquaman two is giving him creative freedom uh, in what is a lo- very long contractual obligation." He says, "Um, I came in with a big pitch. I came in with the whole thing mapped out, and they loved it." Cool. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm he may that.
2: love this character more than anyone of the. Uh, it has to be several million people that watch the movie. Um, <laughs> he may love that character more than any of us. So yeah, I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Uh, have you, did you see his, his little clip on the Simpsons? No. that They released, He he's, he's going to be on the Simpsons, I think this week or something. And as himself and Selma and Patty are like, sign my boob. And he's like, now is not the time for the signing of boobs.
2: <laughs> 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 um, all right, yeah, that's going to be funny. Regal Jason Momoa on The Simpsons is going to be a funny premise.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, he did, he then clarifies that signing of boobs happens at a different location later in the day. but Perfect. Um, yeah. Absolutely uh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> Yahya Abdul-Mateen says that he is definitely in, in uh, Aquaman 2. He says, I'm so excited to be a part of that. Black Manta will be back, and hopefully he'll be causing a lot more trouble than he did in the
2: first one. I mean, that's sure how they set us up. So yeah, man. From Go Black Mana
1: to Black Adam, The Rock has said that Black Adam begins production in July. Awesome! I'm excited about
2: that. I just, I'm just excited that he was able to finally say there was a start date.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, David Sandberg, Shazam director David Sandberg has released a an animated film. This is like six minutes and two seconds explaining how test screenings work, <laughs> and uh, there, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I, I'm not getting into it. But it's a lot of fun, and I want you to know that. I'm going to put a link in the show notes just so you'll watch it, listener. This is
2: part of our master class on the Give a Minute series.
1: Yeah, he does does explain, like, you know, just because someone on the internet goes on the internet and does what they're not supposed to do and says that, you know, says what they watched, they could have been watching a shitty version of the movie purposefully, uh, you know, because he says a lot of times they'll have, like, a test screening with one ending and then a test screening with another ending that's going on at the same time in two separate theaters in the same place. And they're trying to, you know, get a consensus on which ending worked better. And there's all sorts of things, all sorts of reasons you shouldn't trust test screening uh, audiences when they say they did or didn't like a thing. So, yeah,
2: uh, there's a, there's a whole lot more it to from it. him, too, because his test screenings actually went pretty well and his reception later went pretty well.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, it's, 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 you'll learn
2: some stuff. It doesn't promise. feel like combative. It feels mm-hmm. like he's just explaining it.
1: So you remember the little blonde-haired boy that was uh playing with uh action figures when uh Shazam and, and uh Savannah were fighting outside of his window? Mm-hmm. Someone asked uh if that was Booster Gold, and he said and Sandberg responded, you know, I'm in a good mood tonight. Yeah, sure. That's booster gold. Why not? That's <laughs> canon now.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> uh Someone wonderfully went on to Amazon and uh, reviewed Shazam and said and gave it one star and said I preferred the Shack version. Nice. Sandberg responded, even I have to admit that is one of the least fateful remakes ever made.
2: It's not a real thing, but
1: No, the 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 Shack version is a real thing, unfortunately. The Sinbad oh. version is the thing Oh, it's real. Sinbad. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right.
2: That's right. Sorry. It's one of those like examples of the Mandela effect that people think that- sendad was in Shazam, yeah. and that's not that's not real. Yeah. All but right. Unfortunately, yeah, Shaq was.
1: Uh, look, man, here's the thing that happened, and I'm going to talk about it real quick. because, right. and I don't think we've talked about this on the show. All right. I'm not sure. I'm scared. But Zack Snyder put out a, a freaking... We haven't done a news episode in a minute. Zack Snyder put out a, a storyboard showing uh, the original Martha and Lois have tea scene. Mm-hmm. And it looks like after Lois leaves, Martha turns into Martian Manhunter.
2: That's just weird.
1: Which is apparently the reason that Joss had to reshoot that scene. Mm-hmm. Also, Martian Manhunter then changes into General Sandwick or Swanwick, mm-hmm. uh, Harry Lennox. So that general in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman the whole time was Martian Manhunter. And we were going to get confirmation that it was Martian Manhunter in Justice League.
2: Yeah, it would have been cool.
1: Yeah, that would have been really cool. Just that something to give. If you haven't heard that already, I'm sure you have all of you people out there. But if you haven't heard that yet, go back and watch Man of Steel now and and freaking BBS
2: with that in mind. That's John Jones. It's not though. That's the problem. It is. It didn't make it in. I know. No. But I mean that, That's the only. Like, it's a really cool insight and it's a really cool idea. But it it's not. It's not part of it. Like, I love it, but it's not relevant.
1: I know. I know. No. I want for... it to be, but it's not. Uh, we've we've given a lot of shit to uh, Snyder Cut uh, people for being dickholes online, so I thought it was only fair to uh, highlight when they did something good. They have uh, they have raised over a hundred thousand dollars for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention.
2: Awesome, great job.
1: Absolutely. All right, so we're gonna get into some Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff right after this brief commercial break. Unless you're listening on the ad-free version, in which case we'll be right back in just like two seconds. Hello again, hi, we're back. Crisis on Infinite Earths, man. Oh, my lord! And this is, I'm gonna start off with some some news on this that I'm actually a little disappointed by, but it is they are it's Infinite Earths, so I'm giving them some leeway. And if and <laughs> the first
2: time I've seen you be disappointed by anything in this,
1: I know. And here's the thing,
2: all right, Let's go. It's
1: out of loyalty, mm-hmm. they have cast uh, Stephen Lobo from Supernatural, they've cast him as Jim Corrigan. The Spectre. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I love Matt Ryan's Constantine show. Emmett Mm -hmm. Scanlon, also known as Lobo on Krypton. Mm -hmm. He was Jim Corrigan on Constantine. Right. Sure, this could be a different Jim Corrigan from a different universe. I don't know. Easily.
2: I am sad that it's not Scanlon. I get it. I'm also just super excited there's a a fucking Spectre. There's a Spectre, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's insane. And I do like that actor. So, yeah, great job.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's a, a very small disappointment. Uh, I've seen, uh, they've put out first looks, uh, of LaMonica Garrett as the Mm anti-monitor. I, you know, I've seen a lot of people complain that it looks bad. I actually think it looks pretty good. It looks like the current anti-monitor more so than the old anti-monitor. And I still think that the the old anti-monitor doesn't look great. (laughs) Every time I've seen drawings of the old anti-monitor, I go, what the hell am I even looking at? Yeah. It looks like a
2: refrigerator came to life and just like... It does a little bit. Um, What do you call it when you you take an object and you just inverse the inside and outside of that object? I don't
1: don't know.
2: (laughs) I don't know what that is either. But I did see that superpower, though, recently on The Gifted, and it was uh, uh uh, crazy deadly because you could just turn a person inside out. But... Or in, in in their case a uh, bank vault, but mm. um, that's kind of what it reminds me of. Though is like early '80s technology at its best that was just somehow like inverted and weaponized. And yeah, it look, it looks a little silly. The 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 actual drawings of the Animator in his, in his original formation just look weird. Mm-hmm. New versions with all the kind of tubing and it almost has like a predatory kind of feel. Yeah, pretty pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I dig I dig the Mobius look. Um, and really, I just I liked. The way the uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we're gonna get a little more of La Monica Garrett as the bad guy here as well. I like him as the monitor. Um, now they've also released a, an official first look at Tom Cavanaugh's pariah.
2: Oh, I haven't seen that. What's it look
1: like? He looks like pariah, <laughs> he looks good, man. Awesome. They re- they released a first look at, at uh, at Lila Michaels uh, as Is he just uh, weeping. Harbinger. I haven't seen the
2: he's no, just... he's not. Oh. Uh, He's but we, not we, weeping the entire time but yeah we've
1: that's... got a we've got an official harbinger as well uh, cool now the her costume is very uh I mean it, it evokes the original quite a bit uh it covers up a whole lot more skin than than the original and in the one in the comics which you know my uh purely male heart is a little sad by that but I understand i, <laughs> I, I you know I'm not upset by it. The one thing I am a little uh, perturbed by, I really loved uh, Harbinger's red helmet and, and long blonde hair. I always just thought that was a very, like, iconic look for the character. And they've just still got her with really short brown hair. It's not a
2: big deal, but it's still, like, one of those things where I'm like,
1: no, that's part of the imagery of Crisis.
2: Um, I don't know why, but when I saw it, I always thought of, the word that always occurred to me was Jericho, and I don't know why. It oh, had, because in like,
1: the comics, Jericho had the same kind of, like, curly blonde hair.
2: Oh, maybe. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right, maybe. But that yeah. was before I'd read that. Like, I, uh, that was Judas Contract is where I'm familiar with him. I, that was maybe before. I don't and know. I
1: don't know how to help you then.
2: It, it, there was, like, some, I don't know, some tenuous Bible study, so, like, Sunday school association that I cannot put my finger on.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, well... uh Real quick, we got to get through this because oh my lord, I'm I'm running out of time. I got a heart out. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about this, but we're getting into the rumor mill now. Okay, where Canada Graphs has reported that um, <laughs> Robert Wool, the guy that played Alexander, excuse me, Alexander Knox, the guy that played Alexander Knox on the uh, 1989 Batman movie, mm-hmm. he was seen. Shooting a scene for Crisis, apparently, where he's sitting on a bench, reading a newspaper. There is a newspaper floating around that has Michael Keaton's face on it that says, uh, Wayne Tech CEO Bruce Wayne weds uh, to marry socialite Selena Kyle. That's awesome. Uh, That would bring Earth-89 into the multiverse. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Even if it is just Alexander Knox that we see, I'm excited for that. That'll do. That'll do. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that, that will, um,
1: discussing film says that a YouTuber named pagey, uh, recently, uh, found out that the Titans are going to be on the crisis on infinite earths crossover. Um, it does seem like a stretch, but apparently this person, uh, this pagey person is pretty, uh, <clears throat> pretty correct in a lot of their, uh, they're um, credible. Regardless. Yeah, they're credible. That's what I'm trying to say. And, um, had a number of reports that that turned out uh, correct. But uh, another person, Jacob Fisher is saying uh, that he also agrees with this, but it says that he's seen proof that says that there's a possibility the schedules don't line up and it doesn't work out. Now th- there was also a report that Tom Ellis was seen with David Ramsey, Catherine Mac- McNamara and Matt Ryan filming a scene for crisis on infinite earth. And he was dressed as Lucifer Morningstar. God, it'd be so good. Right Now, he has refuted this. Tom Ellis says this isn't happening.
2: Yeah, they've all said that. Exactly. <laughs> I don't buy his story, though. He says... We're, right. we're so close, I don't buy anybody's story. Oh, yeah. Had to ask about it.
1: He says, right, okay, see, this is what happens. I go to Vancouver for the weekend to visit my friend for his birthday, and now suddenly I'm in a different show.
2: Oh, well, go fuck yourself. That sounds like was yeah, for himself.
1: That's horse shit, man. <laughs> um, Mark Guggenheim has, has uh, said that while the... Uh, Smallville Season 11 comic books won't be directly referenced. Uh, One thing that will be referenced is the fact that uh, Clark bought back the family farm, which is what he did in the comics. Cool. I was curious. I am curious because they did do a version of Crisis in those Season 11 comics. I am curious to see if, uh, you know, uh, we get a Tom Welling Superman who's like, yeah, I've been through something like this before.
2: (laughs) That would work. (laughs) also I've I've seen like uh, set photos of them on the farm and I thought y'all y'all look a little bit older are we just gonna do a flashback scene or yeah that that would make sense though if they bought the farm in present time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that works god if a lot of the stuff you're if all of the stuff you're saying right now comes true I'm gonna Uh pee a little bit
1: (laughs) yeah and they've already released pictures of Burt Ward he's standing there with one of his big dogs you know that he's always talking about yeah the big dogs and Although I was, was just thinking, years. but I was looking at that big dog and I was like, what if they named it Ace? Oh, fuck me. But he's, he's wearing like a sweater. That's like a really bright red sweater. And it's in the, uh, the collar and the, uh, the collar and the sleeves have like stripes on them, yellow and green stripes. Of course it, they lo- do. it looks like he's wearing a Robin suit in some, of in some capacity. Do. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just so excited about all of this, man. This is just, this is one of my dreams come true. Uh, so far, so uh, yeah,
2: it is to date for me the mm-hmm. most ambitious project I've ever seen mounted on a television screen. Did, I mean, I it, do. someone,
1: someone mentioned, insane. On, someone mentioned on Twitter, I think it was somebody on Twitter, was talking about what if they did, um, they should bring in one of the 80s, maybe it was Scott Madison. We were talking about maybe doing like if they brought in one of the actors who played, um, the 80s Superboy. Mm-hmm. And then actually had him come back for Infinite Crisis.
2: <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Superboy Prime? Yeah.
1: Yep. All right. So That's solid. Um, We've uh we've got Wayne Brady. He's going to be coming on uh to Black Lightning as Gravedigger. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tyson Sykes. A World War II era member of the U.S. military who became a super soldier after after a secret experiment gifted him with enhanced strength, agility, tactical genius, and hand-to-hand combat expertise. After the war, Sykes defected to the country of Markovia rather than return to a segregated America. His aim to create a sovereign land for metahumans within Markovia sets him on a collision course with the ASA and Black Lightning. Um, yeah, like Wayne Brady. Well, yeah, we'll do that. Like. No, the- like
2: whose line is it, Wayne Brady? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. See, I mean, he's always been in great shape, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. But man, I'd love to see him actually put his, you know, uh, drama mm-hmm. in a role. Right? See what he can do. Th- this—that's exciting.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we've got Stargirl news, supposedly. This is a rumor, but Jeff Snyder, which, we you know, uh, take it take it with a g- very big grain of salt, but he is saying, even he is saying, this week's rumor of the week, and I do stress rumor, mm-hmm. the DC series Stargirl is heading to the CW, so episodes will have to be recut to fit the network's broadcast standards, though uncut episodes could make their way onto HBO Max down the line. That's a possibility, apparently. It would, ex-
2: it would somewhat explain the delay, but I doubt it.
1: Hmm. And uh, this is my favorite thing, and it can lead into another plug for your show. Uh, Oh, yeah, Damon Lindelof tells Variety. Now, the Damon Lindelof is the guy that's running the Watchmen show on on HBO. Damon Lindelof tells Variety, Mm -hmm. It wakes me up at night, but much less so now that it's done. I'm about to say something very ridiculous, but in all sincerity, I was absolutely convinced that there was a magical curse placed upon me by Alan Moore. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: I'm actually feeling the psychological effects of a curse and I'm okay with it it's fair that he has placed, me, he has placed a curse on me the basis for mm-hmm. this my twisted logic was that I heard that he had placed a curse on Zack Snyder <laughs>
2: there, nice.
1: there is some fundamental degree of hubris and narcissism in saying he even took the time to curse me but, but I became increasingly convinced that it had in fact happened so I was like well at least I'm completely and totally miserable the, the entire time I should be when, Ma- when Zach was making Watchmen, and I only That's know awesome. this because I watched the DVDs, uh-huh. I was like, this guy is having the time of his life, and I did not enjoy any of this. That's the price that I paid. Psychological professionals would probably suggest that I emotionally created this curse as a way of creating balance for the immorality. Yes. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. He's very self-aware, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, suggestion. Uh-huh. Lindelof. <clears throat> Need you go see Grant Morrison. <laughs> Indeed. I can probably put on his, uh, I forget what he called his, he has a female persona that he, uh, he dresses as, and uh, that's apparently how he does magic.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
2: and it, he actually, at some point, said, like, uh, I had a, a chest of clothes that would rival Jimmy Olsen's. Um, as far as disguises and clothes and uh, general, uh, he called it like a drag something or other, I forget, but, uh, it was a chest of female clothes that he'd use. And in his mind, apparently, um, and, and oh, the idea of getting inside Grant Morrison's mind is frightening, but
1: I, I don't, I think, like I think frightening it's already and
2: enticing. Like if that was a magic school bus I episode sus- and you said, we're going to do this, I would be like, I'm driving. Let's do uh, this right now. I
1: suspect now. it's already been done. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan did it in Split, I think. Uh,
2: Possibly, yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) He looks like Grant Morrison in that movie. He really does.
2: Like, uh, young, fit Grant Morrison after he decided mm -hmm. to go ahead and get rid of the hair. Yeah. Um, Yeah, like, uh, that, I don't know. uh, For some reason, he thinks he has a more powerful female persona when he's doing magic. So, that's how he presents himself to magical outlets. So, point being, Grant Morrison, make sure he's in the right persona. And I think you can get rid of this Lindelof. I think I think you can take care of it. It's got to be a counter spell.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. I don't like messing with that shit. I just think it's funny. He, he <laughs> believes Almore placed a curse on him.
2: I love. I love that he thinks that, and I love even more that he's given like a like a therapist would have given him this explanation. And he's just like, yeah, that's probably what's actually happening. Perfect. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: So uh, your show is Who watched the Watchman, Right. Who watched the Watchman? And it's already up so there's already a couple episodes up one episode how many episodes
2: one quick teaser and then the graphic novel review is already up
1: awesome and uh yeah go guys go go check that out guys and girls we had a lot of fun all right that's gonna be it that's gonna have to do it for this episode and uh sorry it's not one of our really long episodes i don't i don't know i don't know if that's a good thing or not but um
2: it'll give us all time to ruminate on the gifts that Crisis is bringing us.
1: Oh God, I'm so excited! Oh, I can't yeah. even tell you, man. I can't even tell you. Like I'm, it feels like every other day I'm, I'm, you know, texting somebody, Scott or, or Did Brent you see? from Fans Without Borders and being like, Oh my God! Yep. All right. DC on screencom You know all the things, the patrons and the Apple reviews. Those are good too. So mm-hmm. keep some DC on your screen. Bye. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GYMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit onscreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC OnScreen is a Maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series, Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Insure carefully,
0: dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired sports commentator Dick Vitale. Tonight's matchup is
1: me versus an ugly fender bender. If I can eat out a win, it would be a miracle, baby.
0: Um, Mr. Vitale, it wouldn't be a miracle because GEICO gives you a team of experts to help manage your claim.
1: That's gonna be a nail biter.
0: Nope, the GEICO team is there for you 24-7. Now that's a dipsy dude, the guru of a claims team. GEICO is awesome, baby, with a capital A. GEICO, great service without all the drama.